Well, in the, this opening scene, we're being shown Manhattan. Everywhere we're going to see in Manhattan is what we're looking at right now, including the name of our cast, which I have written down. Uh, more importantly, let me just mention that this opening theme song, amazing. It's called The Darkest Side of the Night, and it really set the tone for what would be not a great movie. But I love the opening song. Okay, so let's get, let's get our characters out of the way so I don't have to give a shit about them later. You will care about these characters. No. Uh, Rennie, Sean, Colleen, Charles, Wayne, Miles, Deckhand. They never gave the Deckhand a name, but they, they gave him number five in the cast list. Ah. Okay, then. I guess he's going to be a very important character. Uh, well, not as important as his next guy, Julius. And then you got JJ, Ava, Tamara, the Admiral, and Jason. So we're counting Jason the cast list. Well, that's because his name appears in the opening credits. So one thing worth mentioning is this is the first time that we have a returning actor playing Jason. Yep, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, who would go on to be in, should have been in Freddy vs. Jason, but was left off for an actor who's also in this movie. Kane Kurzinger. Playing Jason's stunt double. And a random bartender that gets... Killed, apparently. apparently. Allegedly, supposedly. No, no idea how, but we'll, we'll get to that. Get to we'll that get to it. nonsense, eventually. Anyway, so... We get Jason's backstory, like always. Also, did you notice that it's no longer a house behind us because that house caught on fire and blew the fuck up? It's now a campground again. So, let me get this straight. Crystal Lake, which has series and series of murders, mysterious happenings, a lot of different negative incidents. And now a house blowing up on, on the land. Yet, after every incident, somebody comes, renovates the shit out of it, rebuilds, opens it back up, and it's a thriving business once again. Yes. What and, the hell, man? And the only difference with this one is instead of Jason being chained at the bottom of the lake, in the middle of the lake, where it's deepest, uh, he is pretty much only three feet underwater. Buried under the deck from, from part seven. Movie. So obviously where, in the same location. Where the hell is Tina's father? <laughs> Why is Tina's father not there buried next to him? Because fuck that abusive asshole. You know, if they didn't have him buried on the deck, we could we could theorize, hey, he floated the other side of the lake. This is a different location. But they have him under the fucking deck, so it has to be the same place. Yeah, because there's no way him and the deck got spirited away to another location and just so happened to be on top of him. You know, this movie's not helping with the continuity. With still chains around him, as was the ending of what the father did to Jason when he pulled him under. Not only that, but we have two high school characters. Having sex. And the guy actually is telling her about the story of Jason even says, supposedly, he's in the water right below us. So Jason, well, supposedly, you're an idiot then. Why are you here? So, there's one thing I've noticed, though. So, he scares his girlfriend with a mask of Jason. And, they, and it's clearly the mask of Jason because it has the notch in the head. And remember, Jason's mask technically did rip off him, but there was originally more damage to that mask. But yeah, there's that notch in the head, which tells me one thing. This town is now using Jason as a tourist attraction. How much you want to bet that campground behind him is not an actual campground, but a tourist attraction is showing off all of Jason's killings. Well, it's a good theory because as a campground, unless people are literally just... Don't like, don't love their kids. So unaware. Nobody would be like coming here. My thing is, whatever legend they have about Jason, it's established the body's never been found. That's a, a big hint for your ass to stay away. Yeah, but people have been going there for one to two years without anyone dying. So the killer, even if he hasn't been found, is not in this area anymore. One to two years is the threshold for it to be like, oh, 
we're okay now. Yeah, right. let's, let's go camping. Apparently. But anyway, so we get Jason's backstory again. Got to recap. How many times do we need to recap for a movie? Most likely everybody has watched plenty of times. Because half the time, they don't even recap the previous movie. They recap the first movie and the second movie. One through four, usually. Well, this is interesting because it doesn't recap part seven, but he is buried beneath the deck. So clearly they're... they're... Part seven is still canon to this story. But the guy doesn't talk about that in part eight. Hey, yeah, that that, that camp over there, there was a house. It blew the fuck up. Because if he talked about it, it exposed how stupid it is that he's there. So, (laughs) hey, a year ago, this happened. Uh, And also now we know Jason apparently will always come back to life with electricity. Uh, Granted, it makes a little bit of sense seeing as how he's underwater. Water conducts electricity, so shocked the living hell out of him. This wasn't really too creative way of bringing him back, though. You could have thought of something. Compared to Tina bringing him back to life or Tommy Jarvis, this is just... Some random thing bringing him back to life. Apparently, the creators think that electricity brings him back to life because this is the second time. Yeah, well, brought him back to life. What would that have actually happened in terms of that level of electricity below the boat and all that crap? Well, it's underwater, so they and they hit an electrical line. Tells me that's a lot of electricity going in that man. He should explode. <laughs> Isn't somebody somebody managing the lake and managing where the damn also, electrical lines are? Also, here's the question: that electrical line wasn't in there in the previous movie. Which means it had to have been put there for the camp, which means that electrical line is literally right next to a body somebody would have seen when they put that line in. Not that. If there's an electrical line there, someone knows it's there. Would that really be like an open space for people to, on their boat to come and set? No, it would have been buried under... Uh, they would have like kind of dug a trench and tried to bury it. Or they would have put it above! So one thing we know is that there's absolutely no reason why Jason's body should still be down there. Should have been dug up by authorities. What the hell did Tina and Nick tell the authorities at the end of part 7? Something tells me Tina and T- Tina was probably sent to a Santa song. What about Nick? Nick was probably shot. I agree. Most likely by Camp Crystal Lake authorities because they don't want their secret to be exposed. The real villains I, I the think authorities of Camp Crystal Lake because they want to continue this being a tourist attraction so they can continue making money for the town, but people keep going around screaming about Jason. Jason's alive! He's alive! He's back on a boat! He's gonna kill... Well, he has terrible aim. Let's say that. No, oh, yeah, he does, which is surprising considering, in fact, he's had better aim from further away. <laughs> he's he's right next to them and misses point Also, blank. didn't you notice that this mask uh, has darkened eye holes for some reason? Why is it so yellow? It's a yellow mask. Why is there darkened tinted eye holes for a hockey mask? Because the the guy that bought the mask is a weirdo and made some fun adjustments to it. I don't know. I don't know how Jason, maybe he's just rusty, but he misses point blank air and it really irks me. So Jimmy's death, he gets stabbed with the harpoon gun itself. This is a very misleading death because they show, they pull back and it looks like his guts are on a, on something, but it's actually just the... It's just the harpoon and there's like, like hydraulic bare, system. Which then makes it not cool at all because like, oh, there's a little bit of blood on there, but that wasn't really graphic at all. Yeah, but... Let's let everyone think that it's guts because it makes it seem cooler. She She's given a solid, I'm going to say, two to three minute head start here where she runs away. Jason's still down there. She has a lot of time to figure out what to do. She's not that far away from land. Was staying on the boat in any scenario this smart move? Because you're right, you're surrounded by a lot of open space. I'm assuming she can swim. I don't think she'd be on the boat if she couldn't swim. Right. You're right. Swim to land. Well, can't say that Rennie can't swim and she gets on a boat fair but that's specifically her character nine times out of ten you got you got land there you got water hair you hide in a little trap door in the boat and basically corner yourself in jason when he gets up actually has to look for her. he's like i don't know where she's at jason's gotta be thinking hey she can win the water she's gone 
my wife actually watched this movie with me, at least the first half of this movie. She's never seen it. And when she's watching this, she's sitting there watching, it's like she knowing Jason is walking towards an area pretty intently. And when he opens up the door, Amelia's like, How did he know she was in there? He found the he found it immediately. And I'm just the, and all I had it It wasn't like some hidden door. It's an actual door that she has a handle. Yeah. So Jason's walking, he's like, Oh well, of course I'm gonna check the one area on the boat that she might be in. And opens it, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you found me. Well, you hit in the dumbest fucking spot possible. Well, since Jason is activated by sex, it's the cuties. She, he could smell the cuties on her. Well, look, I want to feel bad for Susie, but damn. I don't. No, I, she seemed likable enough, but why are you hiding the dumbest spot ever? That's why I don't feel bad for her. By the way, what was up with Jason's uh, this death scene? Because Jason was like... He was Very slowly. He was lowering the thing down at, like, a snail's pace. Well, because- and then. He gets close to her, and then suddenly, bah! Because what was that character's name from part two? Sandra? The one that very slowly walks up to her when she had the time to run. Sure, but nine times out of ten, he's, but, a, qu- he's a quick hit killer. He's not so a... What tells me is this director liked that kill, thinking it was an intense moment, when it, it's really... People are thinking, run! This is more of a Michael kill, because Michael savors the kill. Mm-hmm. Jason's a quick hit, kill you and move on. So this was kind of weird. Well, let's go ahead and meet our hero, Rennie, and her pen. This is a special pen day. Stephen King pen. You only graduate high school once, and when you do, you need a great present, and some people get a car, but she gets a pen. A Stephen King pen. Oh, well, hey, I mean... Because the one thing we hear about Rennie is she wants to be a writer. Probably a haunted pen, too. Yeah, probably. I mean, Stephen King, it's, he most likely wrote it while he was in Maine. Okay, so let's establish this. It's a senior class trip. On a boat... Named Lazarus. <laughs> um, a pretty big boat, too. This boat is doomed automatically. Well, that's what the deckhand says. <laughs> so for some reason, he's already... He's just already like, hey, this cruise is doomed. Like, well, why are you on the boat Because then? the name of the boat is Lazarus. Why did deckhand take the job on the boat if he knew it was going to be doomed? Because he didn't know there was going to be a bunch of teenagers, I guess, until he saw them. And he warns them. Okay. Something I've been wondering. Why is the boat named Lazarus? No, where, where, where is this at? Because... It's in Crystal Lake. <sighs> I don't think it is, but I don't know. Okay, okay. It has to be in Crystal Lake. The, Jason just... Can we establish the... Pops out of the nowhere. The teacher says, hey, Susie and What's-His-Face are missing. The two that died at the beginning were supposed to be on this boat. Yes. So clearly they had somewhere close, came the night earlier, with plans to catch the boat the next morning. Yes. Now, also remember, Rennie was not supposed to be on this boat. It would not have changed the story any, but... Okay. Where are they at? This is Crystal Lake. Allegedly. Is a starting point for a cruise to Manhattan? Well, it's apparently this lake actually connects to the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> okay. And I'm dead serious because I actually looked this up. For some reason, I thought New Jersey was next to one of the Great Lakes. Don't ask me why. Wait, would anybody take a cruise from New Jersey to New York, though? Aren't they literally like like an hour away from each other? Yeah. They're on a like a multiple day cruise. <laughs> Days go by, Nick, on this cruise. Yeah. And when they get off the boat, they have to swim on a thing. Also, the real question I got is... This is not New Jersey. This class graduated high school, allegedly. Yet, they still have to have a teacher tell them, you, you're not allowed off this boat, or... You, what sites they're going to go see. Are, are they? Did they actually graduate? Or I don't they, think so because um, Tamara 
she apparently can't get off the boat unless she does her school presentation for mm-hmm. the teacher. If they'd already graduated, then there'd Probably be no final project. Okay. But at the same time, would you go to New York before graduation? Well, the real question is, even if you were, why would you go with your teachers? And then still have to listen to your teachers. What was the plan when they all got off the boat? Were they all going to one hotel? It's very weird. And one thing we got to stop is how many people are on this boat. I say over 100 because so, they cut to different scenes of them in the dance room and all this stuff. And there's a lot of people on the, the upper deck. So one count I've read was closer to 50 because it's just one senior class. A senior class is a lot more than 50 people, though. It depends on the, t- the size of the town. The fact that it's a, a, they're taking a cruise makes me think that it was not some small podunk town. This boat really isn't all that big. The interior is. That's because the interior, most of it is underwater, and it's in an engine room. No. Think about this, though. There's a dance room. There's a boxing ring room where they're boxing. There's a spa. There's, this is a huge boat from what they show on the inside. But yeah, when you look on the outside, it does not match. Well, it's Hollywood, so it's a movie. So <laughs> they probably the interior was as big as they wanted to be. Either way, so we get our fun montage, and we get a death. Now, I just want to mention, as I said in the previous one, Jason's main weapon should not be a machete; it should be an axe. I think he should just stick with the guitar. As clarified with this next death scene, as you brought just so vehemently, so, so, so eloquently. Eloquently, yeah. brought up. Uh, JJ calls her guitar an axe. Ooh. And then Jason uses it on her like an axe. You know, Jason's I. Jason's main weapon should be an axe. You know, I don't. I don't blame Jason for this particular death. He heard really bad music and decided to stop her the music. music. Was pretty decent. No, he wanted to stop this horrible music. It was pretty decent. His eardrums were like, oh, let's establish. She wasn't playing the music. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She turned on the damn rec- uh, uh, damn stereo and was, I guess, faking it on the guitar. But we do establish one thing here. She's dead. No. Teleportation. Oh, yeah. Horportation. Because it starts at the top and then somehow ends up at the bottom. She, she runs away from the runs away from them. Only to, for him to be in front of her. And the, t- the walking spaces here are so tight that it's not impossible. Also, there is one thing I'm curious about. Now, I've been on cruises. I've been on Coast Guard Cutters. Obviously, the Coast Guard Cutter one was more of a job. But when I was on a cruise, guests were not allowed in the engine room for safety reasons. Not to mention, when she was in that engine room, her eardrum should have been blasted. Because shipboard engines are loud. That one that size was probably a 32-cylinder diesel engine. Mm. Running at full speed, she would not have eardrums no more. You would not be able to hear her music. You would not be able to do a damn thing without any kind of hearing protection. All right, well, simple quick fix. Let's assume Jason, when he smashed her head with the guitar, destroyed her eardrums. It all ended well anyways. Her eardrums were already destroyed before Jason even got to her. No. Should have been. But the real question I got is why? How was she able to get into the engine room? Why is there no crew on this boat? There's a crew. There's two people. The there's the guy driving the ship, and there's the captain, and there's the. So you don't have an engineer. The deckhand. We don't have an engineer. How? Uh, what happens if the ship's engines 
fail and you end up lost at sea. It's a high school trip, man. I mean, they could have took some money from the athletic program and got a better ship, but that would have destroyed next year's fall basketball team. So. And maybe Jason wouldn't be killing motherfuckers. And my question is, why the hell did Jason get on the boat? When Jason pops up from the water, like, ah, yeah, I'm born a boat. It's Which like apparently he's, um, I missed this. Amelia didn't. He snickered when he started coming off that boat. Out of the water. Out of the water. Freddy versus Jason. Jason boarding a boat, for me, a big boat, is pretty out of character. There's a lot of things out of his, character about Jason in this boat. His whole thing is he's protective of Crystal Lake. This boat is leaving Crystal Lake. <laughs> what are you doing, Jason? You want to go to New York? What are you doing? Uh, so, Rennie is having visions of baby Jason. Uh, baby Jason's not deformed, apparently. Wait a minute. This series has a big problem. This movie has a big problem. But this series does, because even when the dude was telling the story at the beginning about the history of it, he's like, Jason drowned the lake, and then he just cuts to like, oh yeah, and then Jason came back. The movie hasn't, the series hasn't decided. <laughs> did Jason drown as a ghost, or did he actually survive on the other side of the lake? Because Rennie's seeing visions of Jason in the water. If he survived the drowning, he's not in the water. That makes no sense, right? Well, to be fair, she's seeing him visions in the water. He could have been out for a swim at that time. But at the same time, parts two, Maybe, three, and four, parts but... two three, and four make only really makes sense if he wasn't a spirit. Though, actually, no. Part four would have made sense if he was a spirit still. But two and three makes a little bit more sense at him as human. Yeah, but that's why I'm kind of like, okay, if he was aware enough to be in the water after having survived wouldn't he have actually like tried to get Rennie and her uncle to help him wouldn't he be a scared little kid like help me at that, well depending because around that time he most likely would have been on his own for what about a year now two he probably wanted a new friend and actually was like ah, I want you as my friend you're my friend now so you or think he, you think he was happily swimming in the water and he saw her because he does actually grab her, I think, right? Yeah. So maybe it, that's a cry for help. I don't know. Either a cry for help or maybe at that point in time he was hungry. Or he, or maybe he at that time wanted revenge on another kid because of what happened to him. Because also at the time he doesn't have a mother anymore. He got his mother taken away from him. I just didn't – I get what you're saying. That makes sense. But the way the guy told the story at the beginning – he was like Jason drowned, and then legend has it he kind of he didn't. The correct way to would have said it would have been like they thought he drowned, but he actually survived. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to commit to like either side. Like they're still leaving the room open for like, oh yeah, he's actually a ghost. Well, he died. To be water. fair, I don't think some of these writers, when writing the next movie, even watched the previous movies. Yeah, there's no way with how many continuity errors there are in this series. Somebody told him, hey, uh, make sure that he's still in the water at the beginning. But beyond that, there's no right. continuity at all. Like, you don't need to see the movie for it to make sense. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Just looking at Jason, this one, he no longer has the back with the bones and all that. He's, and he's also squishy. Very squishy. Like, everything he does. Like, you can at least match his look from part seven. It's <laughs> just lazy. Wait until you see his face. No, I don't want to get him to that. So, uh, uh, so... We established Julius as a boxer. He was boxing some random guy. Yep. Uh, random guy decides to go to a sauna. 
where he thinks Julius enters and says, hey, man, no hard feelings. Like, <laughs> dude, you're the one who just got your ass handed to you, and you're saying no hard feelings? What did oh, you man. say to Julius to piss him off? I got to tell you, this is a fun death scene. <laughs> I mean, it is. I don't, I don't want to... I can't be negative about this scene. This scene is great. Jason with a damn lava rock, <laughs> just shoving the dude's stomach and saying, motherfucker. Just motherfucker, shut up. Jason's pissed off in this movie. Uh, also, uh, Tamara tries to kill Rennie. Attempted murder. Because since now I know it is not on a great lake, like stupid me for some reason thought, it's in the Atlantic Ocean. You, There is no land around them at all. Yep. If no one saw her get pushed in that water, she would have died. I had a big problem with this because I understand that she wanted to kind of get back at her, but this was definitely an attempt to murder. It was. When they show her fall off the boat, she falls off a very high place on a, off a moving boat. And luckily, like, I mean... Luckily, there was people around that saw it. There should have been some much more repercussions for Tamara than what except, happened. Yeah, except for... You're not going to be allowed to go on in New York. You're going to stay on the boat. It's like, boy, send her to jail. She is now an adult. Yeah, and that doesn't make sense. You're going to stay on the boat? How's that even possible? She is an adult. She just tried to kill your niece. Send her ass to jail. Maybe Tamara is uh, Melissa's little sister from Part 7. <laughs> yeah, but unlike Melissa, this character gets absolutely no real screen time. Yeah, you know, I don't know how I feel about her so quickly dying because I feel like there's way more she could have done as a character. If you're setting her up, again, this movie like the last one, really setting up two villains, um, the uncle slash teacher and then her. Which we don't really see the uncle as a villain up until you just see him as a scared man trying to get some kind of rationalization about the situation. I think he gives off a sleazebag vibe, though. But it's not really until the very end when you find out exactly why Rennie's afraid of water. Yeah, he seems like a jerk, though. You can tell they're saying he's a villain. But still, now, so so after three times of Rennie seeing baby Jason, uh, there's finally a deformity. Yep. Why was there no deformities with the past two times she saw baby Jason? Well, okay then. Tamara and Wayne frame the uncle. Because otherwise she'd be stuck on the boat. This woman not only just tried to kill your niece, but now she's trying to seduce you. There's something wrong here, guy. Well, unfortunately for him, their plan works, and they get him on tape. Well, fortunately for him, Tamara dies. You know, I think what happened was that, I think while this whole framing was going on, Jason's in the hallway just laughing like, <laughs> he's like, oh, this shit doesn't mean anything because I'm about to kill all these motherfuckers in right. the next, next hour. So, Tamara, like I said, it would have this whole scene actually would have made a little bit more sense had Tamara actually survived until Manhattan. Because once they get to Manhattan, they originally think they're safe. I think they made a critical critically bad decision of killing all of this character so killing early. Tamara there, uh, there's two of them and I'll talk about the other one later uh, one thing I think uh, Wayne made a really bad move here of going for it with Tamara because I think her his position with her right now is that she actually does like him as a friend and but she's still using him she's using him but in his position where he has no leverage I think later on, maybe, but going forward here, it kind of just... Hey, but I guess he needed the truth. The truth was, she don't like you, so Get now out. you are rejected. Yep, and all, and he had a chance with JJ, but then he would have been dead, too. Um. Anyway. Yeah, true. Anyway, so Tamara's death, Uh, we see 
nudity. Don't care because she decides to be the dumb. Yeah. Without, with lack of better it's, words. There's something funny about she looks out her bathrobe. <laughs> Jason opens the door and just like pokes his head and looks around. He's like, hey, uh, room, ser- in here? room service. Like, like usually it's just like a, we would just like walk in. I got your daily dose of fuck you. It's so funny to like to carefully poke his head in like, oh, anybody in here? Like, I'm wondering like if she didn't look out the door. Why did this woman also not run when she had the chance? Because notice how Jason did not, when she fell, Jason didn't go for it. He went straight for that mirror. When he was punching the mirror and then looking for the right piece of shard, she could have gotten the fuck out. I think because she was naked. I don't care. I would have valued my life more. Yeah. So, so funny thing about the scene is that. The, vanity um, kills people? Vanity kills But the funny thing is the, um, I guess the, when he hit her head into the thing, that was supposed to break the glass. But it didn't. So that's why Kane Hodder improvised punching the glass and then grabbing the piece. So that punch the window is actually all improvised. I mean, to be fair, I, I personally liked it with Kane Hodder going up to the glass and punching it. I like it, but the visual of her head like <laughs> breaking the glass, it just cracks it, but then it looks more aggressively punched the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, because he, I, you could tell behind that mask, Kane Hodder was pissed. Yeah. He was like, oh, this, oh, this glass. Punch shit out of it. So. <laughs> Let's get ready for Julius. <laughs> Either way, so um, we never really oh. talked about Sean and the, the admiral, who's his father. Well, well, the captain of the boat basically wants his wants his son to follow in his footsteps, but clearly Sean has no interest and doesn't know what he's doing. So yeah, so so you have like that that conflict there. But the problem is, it's never really explored beyond the opening scene, and then before we can get to it. Jason yeah. Jason kills the captain, so there's no resolution there. The captain all. and the first mate making Sean now the captain of the boat, which I'll get to that later. That anyway. means the boat's doomed either way. Even if Jason wasn't on the boat, the do- boat was something. The dead. boat's named Lazarus. This boat was doomed without Jason. Well, everybody on the boat does start to get suspicious now that, hey, maybe there's a killer on the boat. <laughs> and you got the deckhand running around and be like, there's a death curse on this boat. Damn deckhand, Ralph. And you have um, McCulloch, the, the the uncle, be like, "That's absurd." Jason is not on this boat. Jason is, is dead. It's, it must be the deckhand. Uh, Ridiculous. So Jason then cuts the phone ser- the ship's phone service, because they did get a hold of the coast guard. Oh, good. But instead of calmly explaining what's going on. He takes a second and goes, oh, good, I finally got you, Jason. Has the time to rip the thing out and be like, no guard for you. I love Julius leading a revolt with the teens because Julius is able to give the fun line of, hey, school is out, McCulloch. So, But there's a funny scene with Julius and his friends. Somebody empties out a bunch of weapons in front of you, in front of the group, and says, all right, take what you want. Everybody, about five people, they dive in. Everybody comes up with a weapon. And they're like, Julius, are you going to get a weapon? He's like, nothing. But this gun. But this gun. These, d- no these dumb motherfuckers <laughs> took everything except the gun? Well, no. Wayne also got a gun. Okay. But who, who are the ones that picked, like, the axe, s- the... an axe and a spear over a gun? Yeah. So Wayne and Julius are above average intelligence. Everybody else is literally idiots. Well, that's because Wayne and Julius are the only two with names true so now we get but i can't feel bad for these people that are about to die now we get one of the things i've kind of wanted to bring up so nick so sean tells 
Brenny to go drop the anchor. Okay, cool. Yes and no, it kind of makes sense on the situation, but then again, if the phone service is cut out, you can't call for help. So to be fair, I would keep the boat going. Me personally would keep the boat going. But Sean's been around boats all of his life, so he should know a little bit more. When the uncle stops Rennie and says, does it make any sense to drop an anchor in a storm? Well, for one motherfucker, yes. You can drop an anchor during a storm because I was on a boat that did that. Hmm. Believe it or not, it can cause stability if you drop it correctly. Cool. And also, if the boat's big enough, it most likely has two anchors to cause more stability. Ah. But you also have to have the boat angled correctly. It's a whole mess. But still, yes, it can make sense. Now, who are am I going to believe? The guy who's been around boats all of his life, who most likely does know what he needs to know to get the boat safely around, or the uncle who has no knowledge of boats whatsoever? Clearly the uncle. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he's a teacher. I mean, you know, I mean, all that setup, but the uncle is much older and much smarter. Um, (laughs) So let's get to Ava's death, played by Kelly Who. Yeah, you know what's funny with this death is she's another character that I feel like they should have let her get to Manhattan. Because she actually smartly showed her character by separating herself from Tamara. As soon as Tamara did some shady shit, she was like, uh, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I think that should be rewarded character-wise, but instead, and not only that, all that said, she's still coming back then as a good friend to check on Tamara later on to see if she's okay, only to find her dead body. Right. But if she didn't die, we don't get this Jason disco room... Death scene, which really, really leans into horportation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I have an issue with is Ava gets to the party room, and instead of just continuously running to one of the other doors, she stands in the middle of the room and looks around while Jason's just well, messing with her. Well, no, the thing is, though, what you'll see, though, is that she keeps turning and moving into a direction, but she takes, like, one step, and then Jason's in front of her. So then she'll turn the other direction, take one step, Jason's there. So but, every direction she turns to run into, Jason appears. But before Jason even shows up, she had a whole, like, two seconds to make a decision. And when you're running for your life, you do not stop. True, absolutely. Because Jason was not in there initially, not until he opened the door saying, surprise, I'm here. I, I wonder if there was just so many doors that she was trying to figure out where, where do these damn doors lead to. At that point, I wouldn't care. But once Jason gets the room, okay, that's fair. Once Once, Jason gets the room, literally everywhere she turns to, he's there. And then he starts choking her, in which case, I'm pretty sure, if last I checked, this movie did not have the budget for a stunt double, and Kelly Who slammed on this damn floor. So I read that. um, If I remember correctly. Kane Hodder, he he likes talking to the victims beforehand and be like, hey, listen. This is going to hurt. I'm going to have to be a little rough with you to make it look real. But I, I agree also. He like threw her down hard on the ground, and I and I was like, I was like, is that Kelly Who? Because that looks like that would hurt a lot. Well, then again, with some of the other things that woman has done, I wouldn't be surprised if it really was. She was probably gung ho for it. Yeah, but 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 I felt like again, I remember correctly. I think I've heard that she actually did hurt herself because of that scene. Because they've had to do multiple takes on it. Yeah, probably. But hey, I mean. She probably, dedicated. she probably was probably her, her first movie. She's had to be in a movie. I mean, to be whatever fair, you want to do. My so. favorite role of her was Scorpion King coming out of that bathtub. 
I liked her, and uh, she was in the show Vampire Diaries for like a season. She was good. Yeah, the first season. I, I, I do, uh, I liked her character here because I thought that they could have done more with her, but she wasn't one of the ones fortunate enough to make the boat of survivors. Well, to be honest with you, uh, this movie has a really bad habit of killing off characters before their story is even anywhere near completed. What about some more horportation? What about the guy with the axe? Well, we're not even there yet. So first, the ship crew guy. The only other guy that just randomly shows up in the engine room. Oh, yeah. Again, no no earmuffs. Uh, most likely at this point, you're, these, Sean has made this boat full steam ahead. So again, two or three 32-cylinder diesel engines... I, you know, I'm actually deaf in one ear because of a 16-cylinder diesel engine. Right. Picture a 32-cylinder, most likely three of them at once, and tell me uh, why these people are not wearing earmuffs. Wasn't the budget. Anyway, so for, Wayne shoots for, them for the high school or for the movie. So, so Wayne shoots them because he loses his eyesight, which he actually murders a classmate. No, it was just a ship crew guy. Oh, he murders somebody, though. But here's here's the real question I got. Because <clears throat> I don't wear glasses. I don't have any kind of eye vision problems yet. Uh, but he loses the glasses and then uses the camera as some form of eyesight that tur- makes his eye him able to see perfectly. Well, the problem is the camera, from what I'm seeing, is like has night vision on. So, so he's seeing like green in front of him. So is this there, There's no way this 19... Well... I guess there's no way this 2000 camera is better than whatever. His vision can't be that bad. Unless Apparently it's... it is that bad. But the real question I got is, can a camera really replace a, someone's gla- uh, prescription glasses? No. If his vision's that bad, the camera's not going to make him see better. Yeah. So why is he able to see that he just shot a regular guy through the camera lens? And the better question, when he runs to Jason, why is Jason acting like it's a paparazzi? He's like, get that camera in my face! Ah. Jason's first instinct is like just like knock the camera out of it. <laughs> because Jason doesn't want people taking did, pictures. He doesn't want to be on Channel 6 News. Yeah. So Wayne gets electrocuted, which causes a fire in the engine room. Hey, wait a minute. Did you notice this is badly done? That the fire started in his crotch? It started before he hit the thing. Yeah. If you like go in slow motion, he's still in the air and the sparks and the fire is already starting <laughs> before he hits it. Like, who the hell? Like, it's how did that, you know. My, talk about another my, my, my favorite death in horror movies always is someone being thrown onto something and immediately like sparks are flying. I love it. I saw it in Halloween. I've seen it in, I think maybe Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe. But it's always funny. But this Freddy is, versus Jason. This is the funniest one though because it's always like, okay, the body hits something and immediately it starts going to shit basically and the body catches fire. It's just hilarious. So can we talk about probably one of the funniest Jason things is he warns everyone of the fire. Does he? He hits the fire alarm. That was a weird... After the fire starts, he goes up and hits the fire alarm. Like, I feel like that would not be what Jason does. I feel like Jason would just walk away and not give a shit. Did you know... I didn't even know that was a fire alarm. Do you notice there's a there's a, a line of dialogue? Maybe um, the, the mother... Not the mother. The female teacher says it, but it's hinted at that the basically the senior class pretty much drowned... On the boat? So. Because at the point, they're like, what happened to Dexy? It's like, there is no more Dexy. So, actually, 
I know about that. I, I read. I was watching the movie. She has four of the students in the restaurant party area where Kelly, whose body should be. Um, then she leaves them there. Now, when the flood actually starts, she says, "Oh, we left. I left a bunch of students in the restaurant." And the kid goes, "There is no more restaurant." So that's a very casual way to be like, it, "Yeah, she, that many people died." She literally is just like, "Oh, okay." It's like, lady. But you just kept people there and they died. Yeah. I would be fucking traumatized. Devastated. But do the math, though. Again, if only these five people get off the boat, uh, at we, least 100 people just died on the boat. That should be really traumatizing for and for the female, by the way. The dude McCulloch at the beginning said, hey, this cruise is your idea. They're all dead because of you, lady. <laughs> now, speaking of this, we didn't talk about the axe guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> Miles. Well, Miles, yeah, Miles. This guy, he has an axe. This is the funniest thing ever. He runs into Jason where Jason disarms him, and then he go, starts going. No, 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 no. He doesn't run into him. There's a funny moment where he's just hanging out with the axe, and Jason walks up behind him and is breathing hard as shit. Turns around, tries to swing the axe. Jason says, give me that shit. And then he takes off running. Now, he's running fast as shit. He's not even running. He runs up to the thing and then walk, and then starts climbing no, the ladder. No, he runs into Jason. He runs away from Jason, and Jason's there. So then, because of that, he starts his climb. So he climbs as high as possible. They cut to Jason on the ground. They cut back to Jason grabbing him and throwing him from the top. In which case, he gets impaled by a weather rain. Horportation alert! <laughs> and then Julius. Ship explosion! There's that too. So I do have an issue with the. So when Jason throws the axe, right? The axe clearly comes from his right side, lands in front of him. You can clearly see the handle's facing right. Julius runs left as if that's where the axe came from. <laughs> Julius, you're supposed to be the smart one. Hey, he still runs into Jason. Somehow. Some, somehow, wherever he, wherever he decided. Now, ship explosion. Now, Jason makes a weird move here, though. Instead of killing Julius, just throws him in the water. <laughs> First thing, him throwing Julius in the water, right? Way more effective if we didn't already see Rennie thrown into the water earlier. Because Rennie survived that, so it doesn't seem as threatening when it's done to Julius. The other thing, though, is that you just said, how long is Julius in the water? <laughs> because when they're leaving the boat, Julius comes up not already from... He comes up from under the water onto the boat. There's at least nine minutes between Jason throwing him in the water and them on the boat. Julius just broke a world record. He's in the Guinness Book Records. So speaking of axe, because we got yet another axe kill, the deckhand. Oh, yeah. Wow. Has an axe in the back after waving a knife like crazy. Because Jason was like, you fake-ass crazy Ralph. I hate you people warning me about me. People always warning warning the kids about me so they abandon ship julius scare does a jump scare kind of like jason in uh part six part four so on the boat you got julius sean renee renee colleen and McCulloch. charles charles yeah, McCulloch. McCulloch. and the dog yeah toby okay this next thing is very interesting they get to new york whoa this is all very weird though okay they're I guess close up to New York where they're just going to paddle their way to New York. This whole time they're paddling and just 
They're sleeping on. They're sleeping calmly, and it's moving slowly. What is Jason doing this entire time? Walking. <laughs> no, he's in the water. Walking. Why? Why didn't Jason just kill them on the boat? Because on the raft. It's not as fun. He could easily kill all five of them. He's just slowly swimming behind them. Walking. It's likely too heavy because he's already wet and squishy. So he's most he likely pops too heavy up that out of the water. Floats. Just literally goes all the way down to the bottom of the lake. Of the ocean. The ocean. The The bottom of the ocean. Not to mention the ocean is so salty that the further down he goes, the heavier he ends up Do you know how deep the ocean is? Depends on where in the ocean you're at. Okay, well, it's... And then most likely once you get to where the docks are... It's it's deeper than where Jason's going, right? Because he does arrive in New York at the exact moment they do. So it's not like he was far behind them. So I clocked in a movie called Jason Takes Manhattan. We arrive in Manhattan... An hour and three minutes into the movie. Yes. Good in job. In which case, the very first... Can we, can we retroactively, retroactively super false advertising? Because I feel like I was uh, misled. Well, here's the real question. So, very beginning of the movie with Jimmy and his girlfriend, they, they're listening to a broadcast of someone talking about this class going to New York. Yep. Why do we care? That, why does New York care that this random class from New Jersey is going to New York. Not only that, but when they get there, There's should no it should parties. there be some some welcoming party asking questions? Right? Shouldn't they immediately be reporting that hey, this, our boat sank? Because it seems like when they get off the boat, they're just there's no welcome dock, nothing. They literally just walk away. Mm-hmm. Huh? They don't have to check in with anybody. Nope, apparently not. No authorities are there at the docking station? Nope, apparently not. What the Um, hell is that? But apparently this is a very ghetto docking station. By ghetto, I mean they get attacked by two junkies right away. I I think that... um, And for some reason they they must be out of women because they take a shining to renting. So it's funny. So what happened was a lot of these shots of New York are actually Vancouver. Obviously. So... One of the cheapest places to film. So it seems like it was funny. They were talking about this in the, the Crystal Like Memories book. Like basically, it seems like they just pictured every stereotype they could think of in their brains of what New York was and then made Vancouver look like that because they only had one week to film in New York and that's going to be all the Times Square stuff. But yeah, I mean, is New York that bad where they're literally getting jacked right off the boat? That I mean, seems if, if extreme. A, if they really do apparently show up in a bad area. Yes. So, wh- so whoever been plan, whoever was planning the boat ride, just had them show up in the ghetto. Like, first of all, actually, I guess. Well, this I guess they didn't actually take necessarily the path that the boat would have taken. They're well, on the raft. Probably not. But at the same time, this was Colleen. She just killed four people that with, we know of with no regard. With no regard, and most likely close to fifty. Between 50 and 100 more. So their first priority should be like alert, alert the authorities that... And get rid of Colleen. Kill her, but try to send someone back to look for survivors on the boat. There is no survivor. It's like two days later. Yeah, right. Instead, literally, it looks like they're about to enjoy the notification. Julius is like, it's New York! Uh, when they, and now Jason becomes a hero. He kills junkie number one with a syringe in the back. He's an equal opportunity killer. He kills bad guys and good guys. Equally so. By the way, um... Saves Rennie. I'm assuming Rennie was shot up with heroin. I thought it was... I don't know any drugs. 
I I guess so, but I don't think her but, actions uh, afterwards suggest that. They, she seemed pretty normal. Don't. She's just like they, sleepy. She's literally what? One scene it looks like she's high and then the next she's normal again. In the in this very night she wouldn't have immediately went back to normal the way she did. Right. So was there a point to shooting her up? From the time they get to Manhattan, it's probably at most an hour to the end of the movie and, and within the timeline of the Yeah, movie. so was, again, was there a point to shooting her up? It added nothing to her character. It was bad writing. And, and also... Junkie 2 uh, gets his head meeting a pipe. Okay, now I have to ask. My impression, I'm just going to be honest, like, my impression is that this was not a death scene. <laughs> Jason was just like, motherfucker, get out of my way. Grabs him, hits that again to the pipe, but rather softly. I know the pipe broke. Well, the pipe broke, so it's not like it would have caused that too much trauma going through him. I understand. Maybe he has If a, it didn't break, then I could understand a little bit more. I feel like he wakes up an hour with like a really big concussion slash headache. Yeah. But immediately dying, that doesn't seem well, right. Well, how about we get to the biggest fight scene in all movies? Because this is what we finally wanted. Someone it, fighting Jason with his bare hands. Without telekinetic powers. Yes. This is so refreshing after seeing Tina. Julius versus Jason. Now, I do got one problem, though. Julius, smartly, well, he has nowhere to go, so he climbs up the ladder onto the roof. He runs across the roof. He looks to see what his options are. There's people walking down the street, but him calling them really isn't going to do anything. Not at this point. I mean, Jason's already behind him. When Jason shows up on the roof, and this is a pretty big roof, I don't want to say Julius is an idiot, but the one quick observation I would make is that Jason appears to be a slow-moving figure it seems like he's walking slowly i'm clearly faster than this person in front of me i'm on a big roof i know if i can get back to where the ladder was i can actually just climb back down the ladder and be safe um did you forget horror protection i get it but still i think julius is fast enough to even get past that probably not but julius doesn't know about protection my point is that if he's strategizing this whole fight scene, although I love it, is completely unnecessary. No, it's very necessary. So Julius finally realizes, okay, if I can knock him down, I could probably get away. <laughs> and also Julius is probably thinking, well, this motherfucker can just appear out of nowhere because he was not behind me. And then one second later, he's busting through the telephone door. If that's the case, if Julius is actually thinking, hey... This guy's a supernatural being. The idea of a fist fight even seems dumber then. I'm thinking, he's thinking, hey, this is a person with a mask on. A human being with a mask on. I'm a good boxer. I got a fighting chance. Now he's bigger than me. He's bulky. He's scary. But I can fight myself so, out of it. The real dumb thing, in my opinion, is he's hitting the mask. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, his knuckles are probably bloody within three punches. <laughs> The mask, which is mask. basically protecting Jason's face. Well, it's, that's what it's supposed designed to do. It's supposed to protect the goalie's face from a puck hitting him in the face. By the way, so much so that there's no special effect there. It's just Kane Hodder literally taking the punches. Yeah. I've, he's got the mask on, his prosthetics. But what, because of the mask, he's able to take the punches. From what I understand, um, Kane Hodder's actually mentioned that he wanted the actor to 
physically just start wailing. Now, I do wonder about the body shots. Maybe he had some padding because I feel probably. like those body shots probably would have got to him a little bit. Yeah. Because nobody can just like take punches in the stomach like that without something. Yeah. Like so the, maybe he had some padding on, but the face thing is just, yeah, take your best shot pretty much. Now, again, this is a long fight scene, all right? Once you get to about 20 punches in, you're seeing what's happening. He's backing up slightly. He's clearly not leaving his feet, though. There's no indication he's going to the ground. He's just backing up slightly. There's a great opportunity for, Jay, for Julius, again, to now just simply run to your side and run around. But he's sticking, he's committing to this, this punching thing. I think halfway through, Julius said F it and just went on a suicide mission. At that point, he was like, literally, I'm just going to punch him until I can't punch anymore. And that's it. That's how I want to die. Remember, take your best shot, motherfucker. Hey, man, hey, he went out, went out like a badass, but what he didn't know was that Jason got that right hook. Jason, we already saw a hint of it when he punched that mirror. It's like, I don't want that person punching me. <laughs> the one punch knocking someone's head off, that's got to be, I mean. So the fact that you still think Julius had a running chance. Yeah, because if. He's already, shown, he's already seen Jason just appear out of nowhere. Most likely he goes down that ladder. Jason going to be at the bottom, grabbing him by his legs and ripping him in half. Anything's better than doing a rope-a-dope where you tie yourself out and let Jason punch you in the face. At least he went out with honor. His head flew into a trash can and the trash can lid immediately closed. And then they use his head again in the next scene in the police car. All I'm saying is honor plus stupidity equals where'd my head go? Intelligence plus cowardly equals half ripped up. You say people can run away from Jason? Let's talk about McCulloch. Yeah. Hey, listen. McCulloch deserves his death, so I don't mind that. But he still ran. Yeah, but... And Jason caught him. By the way... By horror rotation. I don't think so. McCulloch's death is hilarious, though, because he runs to, he runs to a house. Gets thrown out. Jason walks in the house. And then he doesn't Ma- walk. He, te- he teleports in. <laughs> no, they show him walking. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... But then McCulloch flies out the top window. Not even two seconds later of him walking in from the second story, I might add. You know what's so funny is that the director claims like, oh, no, that wasn't something I was trying to do. It's like, what? You were Boy. The director has no no idea. Like, where did this tell... Where did this, like, come on, man. That, that guy knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, it was so obvious in the second half of the movie. Either way, so... Another so a few kills we I, I completely skipped because I wanted to talk about someone being cowardly and dying. Uh, we get the officer's death. Yep. Off screen, pulled into it. At the very least, we should have gotten some kind of blood splatter. Yeah. Also the the uh, the woman died too. Yeah. When she they, blew up blew up in the police car. Yep. Because Rennie, I guess, still on drugs, saw baby Jason again. But now she With gets the, now. What? Editing, I've but, seen. I know, but now she gets the full picture of McCulloch throwing her in the water and being a bad uncle. But you would think she would remember that? Traumatic events, she forgot half the story. I, I give it that one, but... what? But, I mean, I understand that um, from her perspective, like, oh my God, he's so evil. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to do that weird thing, like you're scared of the water... I'm going to throw you in the water, but if anything goes wrong, I'm going to get you out of the water. Yeah, but there, it's, it's, it's kind of a... There's safer ways to do that. Sure, but he didn't know Jason was going to pull her down. Well, there's still safer ways to do it because technically they were in the middle of the lake. Like, what if you that, took, that happened to me too. My what, dad just picked me up and threw me in the water, but oh, guess okay. where he threw me? The shallow end because I was still too young to actually reach the shallow end. Mm. But he literally got right on in there... And without any stress for himself, if I drop down, he'd pick me up. 
again, there's safer ways to have done this type of learning. Yeah. Well, okay, he's a dick. And also think about the, the movie Taxi with Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon. I, I think it was Jimmy Fallon. I feel like I'd rather not think about that. Uh, the, his character literally jokingly says, or his mother says, well, that's how your father taught you how to swim, throw you in the set, throw you in the lake and say, you drown, you kill the whole family. And the guy goes, well, I can't swim either. That's true. <laughs> There's about 10 minutes here, which I think are the best 10 minutes of the movie, where we just see Jason interacting with New York. And he's walking down the street. Sees the, the gangbangers. Which Jason does something he never would have done. Uh, he lifts his mask up. We all know Jason has an issue with people seeing his actual face. This is almost too much self-awareness because he's basically like, I don't have time to kill you, so I'm just going to scare you off by showing my face. That's a little bit too intelligent, again, for Jason, but whatever. Yeah, um, not to mention, he's self-conscious about the way he looks. That was almost like a Freddy move. Yeah. But still, great scene. And then also we get, hey, a, a maniac killer chasing us. Welcome to New York. <laughs> With and that then, beautiful New York accent. And then Jason just busts through. And there. we have a death scene. Allegedly. Ken Kersinger comes up, gets thrown into the glass. Softly. And allegedly dies. He's not dead. He's not dead. There's no way a man that big can die from that kind of impact. I bet you he was back at work the next day. <laughs> Most likely. He maybe went to the hospital to get an x-ray, but he was back at work the next day. Well, uh, so the train scene. Did you notice that there's a poster that says Jason lives under a hockey mask? Is there? Yeah. That's hilarious. It was what, when they were running from Jason right after they pulled the emergency stop on the train. They run out. You clearly see a paint, a hockey mask. On the side, with a very caption at the bottom, Jason lives. I don't understand. I was like, thank you for reminding me of a movie I'd rather be watching. And this movie asks some questions about the psychology of Jason because he's a mass murdering machine, right? But in these scenes, like on the train, he's walking by hundreds of people and not, and not bothering them. And it's kind of weird in that, to see him in that environment and see, like, why is he so, why is he so hell-bent on... Those two people, just because they were on the boat? I guess so. Because uh, it so, doesn't touch their mouths. So Jason fries on train tracks. Movie's over. Finally. But yeah. wait, there's more! He's back! And now we go to the sewers. Well, now we're going to get a hell of a stupid ending. Nope, movie's over. I'm done. Fuck you all. Wait a minute. We got to see Muppets in Manhattan first. No! We got to see Muppet Face. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. You know, when Jason unmasks, you have good results and bad results. Part four, good what, result. What, what happened great to makeup. Jason's face? Great makeup in part four. Part six, unmasked, great result. Great makeup. Part seven, great makeup, great result. Unmasked in part eight. What hmm. happened to Jason's face? He's melting. He doesn't even have a reason to melt yet. He's just permanent melt face. <laughs> you know what he looks like? He looks like one of the zombies from... He looks like the Toxic Avenger. No, no. He looks like... Remember what, Remember um, Return of the Living Dead? Who's the main zombie dude? Tar Man. He looks like fucking Tar Man. No, Tar Man looks better. No, Tar Man looks better. But he has that kind of face, which makes no sense for, for Jason. But... All right. More importantly, why does this sewer get, like, uh, drenched with... Toxic waste at like 11 o'clock every night or some shit? How does that make any sense? What makes no sense is 
It would make more sense if this toxic waste melted Jason completely down to nothing. But what we get is Jason degrades into baby Jason with no deformity, I might add. I, Why? Okay, this is probably, as much as we complain about the part seven ending with Tina's father, this is actually worse. And him melting into baby Jason, it had to be her imagination. That's the only thing that would make sense, but... But by the way, if it was real, did they literally leave a little kid in the sewer? Well, he was dead. No, at the end, he was just crying. I'm pretty sure he was dead. Well, his leg's moving. Hold on. Because the water's pushing it. Like I was saying, the kid is clearly dead at the end. Uh, so... I, for some reason, I thought the kid was... Okay, either way. You're mixing up what right before with that part. But my point is, though, even if, even if he is dead, you just leave the little kid's body in the sewer? Apparently. I mean, when have they ever had anyone actually go back and get Jason? And how's this dog still alive, and how did the dog find them again? The real question is, uh, what are they going to do now? They're, they're in New York, alone, no money. No one apparently knows they're there. Well, at what point do they go to the police, hey? Both their parents are dead, so it's not like they can call somebody. I didn't like the ending because, yeah, at the end, they're almost acting like they're about to have like a romantic, happy ending life. I'm like, you realize that like a hundred people just died in this situation. At some point, you have to go tell the authorities what happened. I understand why part nine, the next one, disregard this completely because <laughs> there's nowhere to go from here, basically. You turn Jason to a little kid in Manhattan. And he had Muppet face. Or the movie takes place 18 years after this. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, this movie's so bad that Paramount sold the rights to Jason to New Line after this movie. Probably a good thing. And it was the least successful box office-wise of all of them up to this point. Gee, I wonder why. That said, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> this movie has such a rewatchability. But let's go to our, let's go to our category. Best, um, I'm breaking our... I'm breaking our rule. I'm giving it to Kane Hodder because fuck this movie. Fuck the... Uh, not even the movie. Fuck the characters. I, All I, these characters are despicable. I disagree, man. These are some good characters. These are better characters than Part 7, at least. Um, I'm going to go with Julius because I talked to the actor on Facebook and he responded to me. <laughs> so I think... I think Julius, Julius, even though he should have should have zigged when, when, should have zigged when he zagged, should have ran and not fought... Is, and then get thrown out and then drown in a barrel of toxic waste. Still probably, all things considered, the most badass human being in the series so far. No, I'm giving it to Jason because... Well, that's against the rules, so you just break the rules. Too bad. <laughs> this movie broke the rules. How does Jason get best performance when he has the ability to tele- teleport? Exactly. That's they not fair. Him, they gave him a character trait, and he stuck with it. He didn't do anything except show up randomly in scenes where he didn't belong, right? And he punched a mirror. That was good. Okay, I'm changing him for that. that <laughs> no, I'm giving it to Julius, damn it. Okay, uh, worst performance. Rennie. You it's know, Rennie or Sean for me. Rennie and Sean, I felt like I had no chemistry. I didn't buy them as a couple. I didn't like either of them. Sean was the last minute replacement. They'd hired somebody else who they then fired and at the last second brought him in. Rennie was almost played by um, the girl who played Jesse on Saved by the Bell. Hmm. Um, but they went with Rennie. Um... These two and also part seven's final couple to me are the 
the worst male and female leads in the entire series. But in terms of the worst, I'm going to go with Sean. I'm giving I don't think Sean at any point showed any facial expressions at all. The worst male character in the series. So I'm giving it to Rennie because just like most of the others, she is our main character. She's the one we follow. She is the one that needs to put up a pretty damn good performance in order for us to care. As bad as Sean was, if he died, the movie would not have changed a single bit. You should not be able to say that about Rennie. She had the thing of like um, that, uh, remember um, uh, Maria Rooney in Nightmare Remake? Bro, oh my God. That thing where the character seems almost like sedated mm-hmm. throughout the movie, like no no real no emotion. no emotion, no facial expression. She couldn't really pull off like any of the emotional scenes. So. Mm-hmm. All right, best scene. Oh, easily the boxing scene by far. For me, it's easily the sewer scene. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to see Jason? We haven't got to the worst scene category. Oh, oh, sorry. still still best scene. Oh, sorry. Best scene is um right before I push play. The, the blank screen? Yes. My God. <laughs> okay, now, uh, as being, I'm giving it to the spa scene. Just because that scene, it's not really intense because you see it coming from a mile away, but it's probably the most graphic kill we get, and it's also the most painful, most cringeworthy one we get. That had hurt. Oh, very much so. That wasn't a quick death because the dude had to sit there and like, oh. Not, not to mention that Rock would be so hot, most likely it was cauterizing his wounds, keeping him alive just long enough for him to feel even more pain. That was a specifically painful death, I agree. Yeah, so I'm giving it to the spa scene. Worst scene. <laughs> well, you do, know. Do, do we need to even mention this one? Yeah, Muppet Jason at the ending. Jason turning into a little kid at the end. Is the worst ending in the entire Not series. Not only that, but he turns into a little kid with no deformity. Why is half of baby Jason deformity, half of baby Jason not deformity? The, Jason had a deformity, so we should have kept it with that the entire movie. It's some weird thing where Rennie, Rennie's visions actually are actually real and come to life, which makes no sense. But, okay, whatever. Oh, my goodness. So, so one thing I could change, it's pretty obvious. The ending? No, just give us more Manhattan. If this movie was 20-minute boat, 80-minute Manhattan, I'd think you'd a much better movie. If you didn't have the budget for it, then don't call it Jason Takes Manhattan. Call it Jason on a Boat. Jason Takes Cruise. For me, it's the whole ending. I do feel like, even though I've bitched and complained that a lot of things in this movie, the ending, if the ending was good, I probably would enjoy this movie more. But watching this movie and knowing the ending cuts me out of everything. I just cannot. I'd rather have the movie ended with Ken Kersinger and Jason Voorhees going toe-to-toe for five minutes and then finally the movie just ends before we get an ending. True. I would have rather that than this sewer scene. Yep. I would have changed. So that's what I would be changing the climax completely. I understand you made a killer in an area where he cannot be killed. So you had to come up with the most ridiculous way possible. <laughs> At this point, have the predator ship just land right on him. Instead of Manhattan, they went to LA, somehow found themselves in LA. Yep. And have the predator ship land right on top of Jason before his fight with Danny Glover. Beautiful. How to watch that. Mm. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get my final thoughts to begin with. 
This movie sold me a bag of goods that wasn't there. I wanted Jason in Manhattan. I wanted all the street scenes. Even the opening credits suggest that the movie's going to be in Manhattan. But they pulled the rope-a-dope on us because then we have 70 minutes on a cruise. Um, beyond teleporting, teleportation, terrible continuity, terrible acting... I'm 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 listing the negatives, a terrible ending, but positives. There are some fun moments. Um, there are some fun kills, some fun moments. I think the boxing scene is probably one of the better scenes in the entire series. I feel like there's fun scenes in Manhattan on the train in the restaurant. Um, I like Kelly Hu and her character. I like Julius his character. They're both more likable and developed than anybody in Part Seven. I'm gonna. St- Go ahead and say two stars, actually. I think that within the Jason series, I think it's middle of the pack. It's not as bad as New Beginning. It's definitely not the upper echelon. But I, the truth is this movie is becoming more popular over the years because of the sheer ridiculousness and rewatchability of it. Two stars as a Jason movie. In the real world, as an actual movie, Negative zero stars. As a in, in the Jason world, ranking against the other movies, middle of the pack, two stars. Okay, so now that Vic is done being nice, it's my turn. No. So let's go with the positives. It's not possible. Let's go with the positives because there ain't many. Uh, because the negatives are going to take a while. So the positives is we get some fun kills, and we get some decent. Kills. Uh, Really about all I can say about this movie. Decent kills. Because my negatives is they kill off characters that should not have been killed off so early. Yeah, the whole title of Jason Takes Manhattan makes no sense in the the concept of the movie is supposed to take place in Manhattan, but takes place mainly in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, Let's see. A lot of the deaths are tame because the MPA took them down a notch. The Jason character's makeup and face is just ridiculous. Seriously, no one wants to see Melted Man Jason because that's not how Jason looks. Not to mention the whole kid Jason just makes no damn sense to anything, especially since half the time Jason is some completely different character. Rennie is a boring character, makes no sense on why she's our main hero. Sean is a boring character, makes no sense why he's our main male hero. To be honest, at this point, I would have rather Charles be our main hero. And that's saying something. Because the character was meant to be hated, and I did not hate him a lot. So overall, since I can't really find many positives about this movie, minus a boxing scene, minus a sauna scene, this movie is getting the same thing I gave part five, because that ending just kills me when it comes to this movie. This movie gets a .5 out of four, I'm probably not touching this movie again, just because the ending. You ranked it lower than part seven, even. Yes, because part seven only had one thing, one major, a lot of major things I hated about it. But this one, I just can't get past that ending scene. That ending scene makes me not put this movie on. Damn, wow. Well, okay, well, folks, you heard it here first. Before you take Manhattan, reconsider. And get on a cruise. But don't leave from Crystal Lake. Yeah. Otherwise, Jason's going to get out of the water snickering. Muppet face, Jason. Yeah, Muppet face, Jason. And if you do go on the boat, don't bring a guitar. Don't bring a guitar because... 
That's an axe. It's an axe. You'll die. And finish your school project, too, before you get in the boat. That way you don't have to seduce your teacher and then get killed by Jason. Yep. So, as usual, you don't have to go home. You just got to get on that boat, go to New York, enjoy yourselves, and also make sure you're not left in the restaurant when the teacher is clearly panicked. That's for us. Next week, us with Jason. We're going to hell.